Welcome to the podcast of New Creation Christian Center. I am Pastor Marquise Franklin, and I am excited that you would take the time to listen to our latest sermons and what God is doing in this ministry. New Creation Christian Center is in Seattle, led by Pastor Harold and Annis Franklin. And our statement is, come as you are and be transformed by the word of God, as stated in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Now, I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to be encouraged by the word of God that is going to be shared today. Check it out and share it with somebody that may need it. Now, let's get into this week's message. So we are going to uh, start a semi-new series. It's about why is it so hard to walk in the Spirit, and I want to give us eight things that keeps us from being able to walk. We've already talked about what it means to walk in the Spirit, but these are some of the hindrances, and I'm only going to do four today, and then I'll pick up the next four next week. Amen? So let's pray and ask what God has to say to us today. Father, we thank you for the word. If, it's, if it wasn't for your word, we wouldn't have direction. We wouldn't have insight. We wouldn't have revelation. We wouldn't know who you are, and we couldn't have a relationship with you. So, Lord, we thank you that your word, as Jesus said when he was here, brings to us eternal life. And Father, I pray that the words that you have given me bring forth that same life in us. And I pray that you would speak through me by your Spirit. And we pray that those that hear it, hear what your Spirit is saying to them specifically. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. So, like I said, we talked about the last few weeks walking in the spirit and what that just means is to allow the holy spirit to be your leader to direct you and he uses the word everybody say he uses the word to direct us see this is this is how it works and i know this is a repeat but just bear with me for a minute the bible says in the area of speaking he says Make sure you don't lie, right? The Bible tells us not to lie. Everybody knows that, right? So the Spirit will then remind us about telling the truth in every situation. There's a lot of people that are not sure. Well, is lying okay ever okay? And the, and the answer to that is no, it's never okay. Now, have, have we all lied? Yes. Everybody in here has told a lie, right? <laughs> If you haven't, thank God. We want you want you to pray for us. Um, but we all have lied, but that doesn't make lying right. So what the Spirit of God does is He keeps you from those situations. Well, no, that's let me back up. He keeps you from telling lies in tough situations, and He reminds you of the Scriptures. Don't all liars will have their part in the lake? If you want that one, or don't let any lies come out of your mouth or whatever the scripture is. He keeps us in that or even in the Ten Commandments. Don't bear false witness. It's the same thing. And he then constrains you by his spirit to keep you from doing the things that the scripture tells us to do. So that's what it means to walk in the spirit. So what we want to talk about now is what are the things that keep us from walking in the spirit and of course the first one is an easy one it's sin 
or you might call it the flesh or you might just call it being carnally minded but all these things are against what the spirit is trying to do in our lives so we go to Romans chapter 8 verse 7 and I've made reference to this passage many many a time and I want to thank uh, Marcel for deleting some of my uh, apps yesterday specifically my Bible app <laughs> I had to find it but I love the little fella he's uh, he's named after me in a in a roundabout way so can't can't be too bad at him but I just want to thank him for working on my computer as he does so well but the Bible says because the carnal mind is at enmity against God it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be he says so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God so and the enmity means that we are we have a feeling of or a condition of hostility towards or hatred ill will or animosity or antagonism so the carnal nature is antagonistic against the spirit amen everybody knows that right so that so the challenge of course in addition to try to keep us from lying the holy spirit is also with his new creation life that he's given us is restraining that old man so that he would want to do the things that God wants us to do. Amen? But the flesh always fights against the things of the spirit. And we just have to know that. And the way the flesh fights is a lot of times he uses what I call justification. Well, I, not what I call you guys know what it means to justify things? You say stuff like, well, I was born that way. Or it runs in my family. That's a justification for a work of the flesh. But guess what? You may have been born that way, but you haven't been reborn that way. <laughs> you're no longer the person that you were when you were born. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not the person that I was born to be. But I've been reborn. We're reborn people. Therefore, our old nature, which wants to convince us that it has power over us, no longer has power over us. And But this is a challenge because that is one of the things that keeps us from walking in the spirit. Amen? Let me go to James 4.4 4, and then we'll uh, move to the next point. He also addresses this same point. James chapter 4 verse 4 says this. It says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the, the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So that tells us that by definition, if we want to be like the world, do like the world, talk like the world, act like the world, the Bible tells us what? That we are God's enemy. So the spirit is not going to be able to work with us because we are at odds with him. Every time he tells us to go left, we want to go right. 
You ever you ever ride in a car of a person that trying to, you're trying to tell them where to go, and then every time you tell them left, they don't turn left? That is the first of all, that's the most dangerous thing because <laughs> they're not listening. But it's also the most irritating thing. It's like, well, if you ask, if you don't know where you're going and you're asking me where to go, why would you not listen to me when I give you directions? And all the wives said, <laughs> come on, y'all don't want to say it out loud? Amen, say amen. You know, my wife thinks she can find everything, even if she's never been there. But that's okay. If, if she knows how to get there, I should just listen, right? Well, that's what the Spirit is telling us. You don't know where you're going, so why don't you just what? Listen. So we have to be able to understand that if we want the Spirit of God to move in our lives, we have to put away our carnal, our flesh, our sin nature. Amen? The next thing we have to do is remember that it's by faith that everything happens. If faith believes in things that you cannot see and is and, and seen of, or cannot be seen, but nor proven, but the only evidence we have is what the Word says. So in other words, when the Bible says walk in the Spirit, what's the first question you ask? How, right? How am I going to do it? The, the, the how question is answered by obedience. You do it by obedience and by faith. You might say, well, how is the Spirit of God going to speak to my heart? I've never heard God speak to me. How many have had that question? But let me tell you this. God has spoken to you and you haven't even known it. God speaks in such a sweet, gentle way that many times we're not even aware that he's directing us. So it's by faith that we believe that the Holy Spirit will lead us. And it's by faith that we believe that he is speaking to us. Not will, but is. That's a different position. Amen? If you think somebody will do it, you're waiting. But if you know that he is, you're just looking for the direction. Amen? So remember, everything we do is by faith. And according to our, and we know that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not, things not seen. And it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But also with faith, we have to act on the word or the promise, even though we have no other proof to support the promise that we have other than the word. See, this is where most people struggle. The Bible says, by his stripes. What does it say? By his stripes, we're what? Say it, like, say it loud. By his stripes, we are? That is a promise. Am I right? By his stripes. Actually, it's more than a promise. It's a fact. It's a fact in history that Jesus was beaten before he was crucified. Pilate when he, was, he said he was willing to let Jesus go, he was still going to beat Jesus before he let him go. And if you go back to Pilate, he says, I'll just chastise him and then I'll release him. But they said, no, we don't want him released. We want him crucified. So we know that Jesus bore his stripes, but it's the scripture that brings light that says, because he was beaten, 
you can be healed because of his beating. Now, it doesn't make any bit of sense to the natural man. How is, it, is the fact that somebody is beaten going to bring healing to my body? Amen? Is that, isn't that against all logical reason? But the Bible says that's the way it is. So we have to stop wrestling with the by his stripes we're healed and say, well, the Bible says it. I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to believe it. And I'm going to believe that God is going to manifest it in my life. And you have to, everybody say, hold on. Hold on. You know, you guys all were Pentecostal preachers, did you? You have to hold on to the promise because the next point I'm going to tell you, faith requires a space and time element that tests whether or not you believe what you just confessed. That's the challenge of faith. We all can believe in the moment. Sometimes when we're together, we, our faith levels rise to a certain level or at least our emotions in faith have risen. But as soon as you walk out the building, all of a sudden everybody else is not there and it's just you. And the enemy comes to try to take that faith. Remember the parable of the sower. You guys know the parable of the sower? What happens is the Bible says immediately they, the, he receives the word and what happens immediately? The devil comes to try to take it away. That's the battle of faith. That's the time element of faith. We're just halfway through this sermon, but our prayer is that God is already speaking a dynamic word to you personally. But don't keep it to yourself. We need you to testify. We want to hear what God is doing. Give us a call or text us at 425-686-8197 to let us know what God is doing. If you're on Facebook, contact us at facebook.com slash newcreationcc or on Twitter at New Creation WA. Now, let's tune in for the second half of this sermon. Everything doesn't happen right away. If you remember Jesus, <coughs> excuse me, when he spoke to the tree and cursed the tree, the fig tree. Now, some translations say the tree died, but it doesn't tell us right away. But the other translation says in the morning, he came back and the tree was withered. Now, Jesus did not go away wondering if what he said would happen. Now, you might say, well, that's Jesus, right? I mean, I'm not Jesus. I'm not perfect. I'm not sinless. I wasn't born of a virgin. But the Bible doesn't say you have to be Jesus. He just has to believe like he did. Amen? So we just have to hang on. Faith is a test of endurance. Think about it. We've been saved. How many... How many when did, how, who's been saved the longest in here? Probably Gene, right? Gene, when did you accept Christ in your life? Take it down, I can't hear you. 1970s? Okay. Anybody before that? So I got saved in 1981. And so I have endured in the faith since that time. And it hasn't always been easy. Amen? Now, I haven't really, I guess I had some battles. I don't, I don't ever think I backslid, but I have battles with commitment from time to time. 
when I was younger. But I always knew that there was nothing. I was like, Peter, where else am I going to go? <laughs> There's nobody else offering eternal life. So I just need to get myself together and do what God tells me to do. But it's still an endurance. It's still a fight. It's still a battle. And in order to win that battle, we have to trust that God's word is true. And it will transform us as he promised it would. Some of us have been asking God, Lord, how come I can't get over this one hurdle? Anybody struggle with that? We all do. Let's, let's be honest. There's always something in our life we keep coming back to. We keep jumping over it, and as we get our last toenail over it, we trip. <laughs> you know, that, that's a hurdle, in a hurdle analogy if you don't know that. You know, you, you jump over the hurdle, and, and it's always that last part of your foot that catches the hurdle. And if it's, it's a good catch, you fall down. If it's uh, just a slight one, you'll keep going. But we, have, we struggle, but we have to trust that God is going to do what he said. But we can't be complacent. See, a lot of times people, we, we do something, we bump our heads against the wall, we, we, fall, we fall, we fail, and then we go back and say, well, if God wants me to be free from this, He's going to do it. No, that's, that's not what you have to remain persistent in righteousness or you're not going to win the battle. Because if it was up to God, what would happen? Everybody would be saved. Am I right? The Bible says he doesn't wish that any would perish. So if it was up to him, everybody would be saved. But it's not up to him. They have to choose to be saved. Amen? Say amen loud enough. And you have to choose to be free. You cannot just leave it up to God to free you if you're not going to work with him to be free. If you want to stop smoking or drinking or uh, cursing or uh, you name it, watching pornography, you can't just turn on the pornography screen and say, well, God is going to speak to me when he's ready for me to stop watching this. But until then, I'm going to watch this. That doesn't even sound right, does it? You've got to realize that your flesh wants to do it. And as long as you cater or allow your flesh to do it, it's going to do it. And it's going to convince you that it's right. And it's going to tell you, well, if God wanted you to stop doing this, you would have stopped this already. But that's a lie from the devil. If God wanted you to stop, you would get on your face and say, God, take this thing from me. Take the desire from me. See, one of the things we have to do is, the Bible talks about in, in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not covet. That's the only commandment in the Bible that deals with an internal issue as opposed to an external issue. Did you know that? And covetousness is in the heart. You covet inside. And most habits are, and, and if you remember that Paul changed the word to, from covet to lust, right, in Romans. So when you covet or you lust after something, you have to stop the lust. 
You have to break off the desire. So your prayer has to become, Lord, take this desire away from me. I surrender this desire to you. This is where fasting comes in. Because we know that when you fast, your flesh is weakened. Amen? Everybody should have known that just from last week, right? <laughs> My flesh was really weak. I don't know why, but it seemed like the, the, the older I get, the less I can endure fast. But that doesn't mean I'm going to stop doing it. But the flesh always gets weak in the flat fast. So if you're struggling in this area, just fast. And, and as you fast, ask God to take that desire from you. And he will remove it. He will start to break the grip. But see, just like I said, it, you know, first, first it's like a hand grip, right? Then maybe you lose a, two or three fingers, right? But they still got a hold on you, right? So he's got to break that last couple of fingers before you're set free. And a lot of times we see progress and we say, well, man, I'm, I'm, I'm better than I was. That's great. But don't stop with better. Finish with completed. Amen? It's wonderful to be making progress. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't be satisfied. But see, the, the enemy makes you satisfied with making improvement, but never wants you to be free. Are, are you with me on that? Because he'll allow you to do something. Well, now I'll, I used to curse every day, but now I only curse twice a week. That's wonderful. That's, a, that's good progress. But that's not the finished product. That's just like saying, I'm painting this picture, and I got half of it finished, and I'm just so glad about it. <laughs> Everybody would say, uh, yeah, I'm, look, you got a great start, but it's not finished. That's the way we have to be with the things in our lives. We have to not only start, we not only have to continue, but we have to finish. The Bible says, blessed is him who endures or finishes the race. Amen? We're not here to just, uh, you know, well, I was, I was trying hard. But, and also, don't remember that it's not your strength, but it's God's strength. And that's what I say. You have to surrender it. Everybody say surrender, surrender to God so that he can empower you. What does he say? My grace is made strong in your weakness. Or my, my grace is sufficient to you. My strength is made strong in your weakness. Amen? So where you're weak, the Bible says, he'll be strong. Right? So wherever you're struggling, God is there to be the strength to take you over to the next level. Amen? All right, one more, and then we'll go. And I actually mixed a couple, so I'm going to just do this next one. Almost everything that we have learned from the time we're born into this life until the time we're born again is against trusting the Word of God. Did you realize that? Unless you're in a godly home, and many of us are raised in a godly home. But nevertheless, our nature, our friends, our education, our jobs, all are against the things of God. Most of them. 
So there's no encouragement to be righteous in the world. I mean, think about it. I, I think I've used this example, and this is a, not a great example, but I'm going to use it anyway. When I was in school, I can't remember, I, it was elementary school, it was either third, fourth, or fifth grade. I think it was the third. I received an award for perfect attendance. And, and I was so glad about it, but guess what? All my friends made fun of me because is it you? You went to school every day? You never missed a day? You're nothing but a teacher's pet. And guess what? After that, I made sure I missed days from school. Why? Because I didn't want to be ridiculed. And what's, the, what's wrong with being at school every day? What am I doing at home? Nothing. Especially during that time because all your friends are at school. So you, all you're doing is waiting until they get home. But I know that's not a great example, but when I was trying to do the right thing, I was ridiculed for it. And that's how the world is. Tell somebody that you're trying to stop doing somebody, that somebody that's not a believer, and watch what their response will be. They'll tell you, well, you know, everybody's got their own problems. <laughs> that's the usual answer. We all struggle with something. Yes, we all struggle with something, but what are you doing to fix it? <laughs> we all struggle with something, right? But what are you doing to fix it? That's what road we're on. Thank God I'm <clears throat> on the road of fixing and not just struggling. Amen? All right, we're going we're gonna to close. You guys didn't say, boy, Pastor, you finished quick. Yep, this is hot up in here. Anyway, let's stand. <laughs> We thank you for listening to today's sermon, and we pray that you are impacted to become the new creation that God desires. We at New Creation Christian Center invite you to come join us for service Saturday at 7 p.m. or Sunday at 11 a.m. located at 5150 South Cloverdale Street, Seattle, Washington. Also, feel free to visit us online at newcreationwa.org. New Creation Christian Center, the path to genuine life, where you can come as you are and be transformed by the Word of God.